Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A Podcast One production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. And in Health Hacker, we break down a topic for you in every episode. But this is a Health Hacker interview where we find out from inspiring people how they've hacked their lives and then we pass this knowledge on to you. And we call it Hacking the Hackers. If you've got a suggestion, make sure you hit up Adam directly, healthhackeratthemanshake.com.au or leave a comment on his socials. And this episode, we've got a great guest who's literally just come off the plane. By literally, I mean literally, it's three hours ago, Joe DeSena was a pool cleaner turned stockbroker turned trainer. He created I Am Spartan. He's here for the 2020 campaign and he loves Aussies because he's here to help regional recovery where Aussies have been affected by bushfires. Joe, thank you so much for coming. We are very pumped to have you part of Health Hacker. Thanks for having me here. You guys are uh, blowing my head up. I feel, I feel <laughs> My wife won't even talk to me. You guys make me feel like I'm, I'm somebody. <laughs> right, good to see you. Thanks. And Thanks. you just got off the flight. How was the flight? Yeah, so, um, you know, my kids got into wrestling. I have young children. I, we have four kids. We have a 14-year-old, 12, 10, 7, two boys, two girls. And um, really funny story how, how I got the boys into wrestling. But there was a tournament. You never know when the tournaments are going to be, and then if they do well, they get to go to the next tournament. Anyway, I, um, I've, I've been flying for 40 hours to get here wow. because, because I was in California for some business, immediately turned around, fly back to New Jersey, go to a wrestling tournament, said to my boys, I hope you know how much I love you because I just did like 18 hours round trip to watch a couple of matches, jumped on a plane, flew back to California, jumped on another plane to fly here, got off the plane and I'm, I'm with you. So we went, my head spinning. <laughs> But well, thanks mate, for having me. Mate, you're so successful. You're such an inspiration. And what you've built with Spartans, absolutely incredible. But I suppose you're living the life, which is true to being really successful. And that's spending time with your family. So to you, what is real success? Yeah, that's it. I want to spend time with my family. But I mean, there are moments and it probably happens to you where, and it might even happen on a daily basis. I was walking through the airport 20 hours ago. I don't even remember. You know, I've been on a plane for a long time. And I thought, why am I doing this? Like, what the hell am I doing, right? I could be home, I could have stayed, finished the, the wrestling tournament, then went and seen my daughters. And, um, but, then, but then the next thought that comes to mind is that would be somewhat selfish. Like there's a bigger purpose, there's a bigger job to do and that's to get people healthy. And, and so then I get on the plane right? and you just keep going. But, but I'd the, I guess the answer to the question, I'd love to spend more time with my family. Yeah, but you hit the nail on the head. You found your purpose, which is to make people more healthy. So tell change, us how that. Wanna, yeah, yeah, I want to change 100 million lives. My mom, yep. back in the 70s, found her purpose, uh, and it was teaching yoga, meditation, became vegan before any of this stuff was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally early 70s, ran into a yogi who had just landed in New York. 
she happened to go into like the only health food st store in the East Coast and, and he was there and they started talking and, and she uh, threw away the cannolis. I don't know if you guys know what cannolis are, raviolis and <laughs> pizza and all the stuff we were used to eating and the way we were living and uh, made a left turn, pivoted completely. And what I saw, one, it was very weird and I wasn't accepting of it, right? Because this was not cool. Mm. If you were a young boy, you wanted to be cool with yeah. the kids riding dirt bikes or being like a gangster, right? You didn't want to be a yogi. And, <laughs> and um, but people that came into the house and people that she taught, like she transformed lives. And so uh, we're just doing it on a much larger scale. Yeah, well, the impact you've made is amazing, getting people to move, getting people to be more health conscious. Yeah. So how did it start? Well, a little inkling of it started with her mm. in the early 70s. And then she introduced my sister and I to a race, late 70s, called the Transcendence Run, before it was called the Transcendence Run. It still exists today. Mm -hmm. It's a 3,100 mile run. It wow. exists in Queens, New York, okay? It goes around a one mile loop. <laughs> and so you run 3,100 loops mm. and it's seven or eight people a year sign up for it. And the whole point of it is to show how powerful the mind is. Mm. And, um, and so I saw that as a kid, but still wasn't buying into any of that. You know, I wanted to eat real food. <laughs> I wanted to hang out with the boys and, and um, built some businesses. But then later, when I, when I finally made some money, just didn't feel healthy. Right, I started to um, to not feel like I was at peak performance, and uh, stumbled upon my mom's teachings and yoga and all that stuff, and sweating, and started feeling alive again. Ran, actually, ran into a guy in the stairwell of our building. Uh, the elevator was out. I was going up the stairs because I, I had to get into the office, and this guy who was just shredded. He was on the cover of Men's Health. Um, just look like the epitome of, of, of a male human being. And, and uh, he's carrying dumbbells up the stairs. And so we started talking and he's like, hey, I'm in the stairs every day, come meet me. And so I just, the stairs just became my safe place. Yeah. I just started living in that stairwell and doing a ton of yoga and feeling great again. And then I started recruiting other people. Before you know it, I had tons of people in the stairwell and then the building was trying to throw us out because <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Right? <laughs> But, um, but that's really where it started. It started, started with mom and then it went to the stairwell and then we put on our first race 20 years ago. Yeah. So this is, this is a 20 year overnight success. Yeah, 20 year. Yeah. So go into more depth. So tell people about Spartan because it is, it's life changing for so many people. It tests their mental fortitude, which you touched upon. The most powerful muscle we have is our minds. So expand on, you know. Yeah, so, so, you know, at its core, um, in life, we face obstacles every day. Mm -hmm. Some are um, speed bumps, uh, others are um, real crevasses, or, you know, big, big obstacles. Uh, it could be somebody got cancer, somebody died. I mean, shit happens, mm -hmm. we, we can't stop that. But in the, in the first world countries, like certainly like Australia, uh, US, UK, et cetera, uh, we're, we're learning helplessness, right? Just like I did. When I started making money, I was on Wall Street, I'm sitting on a trading desk and uh, we're making a lot of money, but, um, I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't fend for myself if I was out and shit happened because uh, I wasn't doing anything hard. All we were was trading every day. And so Spartan at its core, just like ancient Spartan, Sparta 2,500 years ago, uh, attempts to take people and harden them, men and women, uh, by putting them through obstacles, um, by forcing them to go to bed a little earlier, by forcing them to wake up a little earlier. Because once you sign up for an event, you don't wanna let your friends down, you don't wanna let yourself down, so you start training. And you start holding yourself accountable. And then you get out there on the course, and I've been out there 
with the best athletes in the world. Uh, Serena Williams, uh, Lance Armstrong, no matter what you think about him, um, a Randy Moss, a football player, rugby players, you name it, special forces, wrestlers. They are pools of sweat. Like they are broken out there. And I'll, and I'll turn to an NFL player and I say, I don't understand. You played 10 years in the NFL, you were the best of best. NFL is easy compared to this stuff. <laughs> like, so, so here are all these civilians, 1.3 million of them per year doing these courses and they get to be superheroes for a day. They get to be Navy SEALs for a day. They get to be Olympians for a day. They get to meet themselves. And, and in that process, the Spartan process, um, they become unbreakable. Hmm. And so when, when stuff happens, they find out somebody's got cancer, uh, they go through a divorce, um, they have a, a drinking problem, whatever it is, they say, well, at least I'm not in the barbed wire, mm. right? At least I'm not going over that wall. At least I'm not climbing that mountain. Like they have a reference point in their brain, just like you did as an yeah. athlete to um, pull from, to put things in perspective. So they understand and they learn that they're greater than what they think they actually are. Yeah, I mean, look how many people flip out. Everybody says to me, uh, hey, Joe, how was your flight? My immediate response, my very sincere immediate response is, well, the plane landed. Yep. How could it be? Like, I can't complain, yeah. right? We, we traveled around the world at 30,000 feet and the plane landed. Kobe Bryant's helicopter did not yeah, land, yeah, 100%. right? So, so uh, like I have, a, I have a friend actually who wrote a book, uh, just wrote a book called Fear is Fuel, uh, Olympian, okay, rower. Mm. And he, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna needle him a little bit here, but like I had to, we were doing some business together and we had to go down to Chile and he's like, well, I gotta fly first class. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, and so when he was texting me earlier today, when I landed in Australia and he said, I will, I hope you, you flew first. No way, yeah. dude, I've sat on a bicycle going across the United States for 16 days. If I could sit on a bike seat, I could sit in the back of a plane. And by the way, it's temperature controlled. It's not like <laughs> Amelia Earhart's plane, right? When she was first attempting like, so, but, but I have those reference points just like you have those mm -hmm. reference points. And so a lot of people don't have those reference points because they've been bubble wrapped their whole life. They don't even have to read maps anymore. They don't have to go in their pocket to get a quarter like we used to have to do and pay to, to dial a phone on a pay phone. We have to find a pay phone. People don't even have to do that anymore, right? Just talk to your phone and ask for food to be delivered and it's here in 10 minutes. Yeah. And all these things require commitment. And I was watching interviews with you and you talk about how you started as a pool cleaner because you were hustling after parents, lost a bit of money, and then you sold that business. Stockbroking, that's a long thing. Then the overnight success in inverted commas to Spartan's success, which it is now, it all requires commitment. And that's what you're asking from people to do this. What do you think the key tips are to someone to stay committed? You know, I'm going to sound like um, a late night salesman, right? That I'm trying to sell you something when I answer that question. But but the secret sauce, the thing that makes Spartan different than anything else. Like I, I know you guys are in the health food space. You've got some incredible foods. I know people out there listening are gym trainers and coaches and own gyms, but they don't have something that we have. What we have is a date on the calendar. And when you put a date on the calendar, like you have a game coming up, right? In rugby or whatever it is out there, you're getting married. Once there's a date on the calendar, you work backwards from that date and change your life. Now, what happens is when that date passes, you go back to your old self, you're eating Haagen-Dazs ice cream, you're sitting on the couch, you're not, happens to all of us. Yeah. And so again, I'm not trying to sell you anything if you're out there listening, but you gotta keep putting dates on the calendar. Otherwise you're gonna end up back on the couch. Yeah. And so I learned that at a very young age when I was talking to those people that were running 3,100, like 
once you got a date on the calendar, it forces change. It's a great quote from you. I saw yeah. you in an interview say, no one ever thinks about how much they wish they had more ice cream last night, but they I, think at that time they ran further than they thought they ever could before. And that's what sticks with them. Yeah, that's right. Mm, so, so then you're saying, to answer, paraphrase what you're saying with, you're putting dates, not just like, I want to do this goal in three months. It's like, when, what day, what time, that's the thing I'm doing by then. Yeah, like, like look, at universities, there, there's a reason there's a professor and there's a reason the professor gives you a date where stuff is due. Right. If he or she doesn't do that, you'd think the kids would just show up on their own <laughs> to school and just do the work or yeah. like, it just doesn't happen. Human beings have a, a, the number one motivation for a human being is to avoid discomfort. And, and we do that because that's how we've survived on the planet as long as we, we have. So if, so if, if you buy into that, which, which I've sat with plenty of scientists, that's what it is, right? To avoid discomfort so we don't die off as a species. Um, how am I gonna get you to be, how are we gonna get each other to be uncomfortable? Training's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Eating healthy is uncomfortable, right? Going to bed early is uncomfortable. All the things, uh, the commitment you're talking about are all uncomfortable. Well, you do that by making an outcome even more uncomfortable. Like by having that date on the calendar, showing up and being embarrassed for yourself or with your friends is more uncomfortable than doing the work. So, right, you don't wanna, you don't wanna show up on Friday and the professor said this paper and you don't show up without the papers. No, you show up because you don't wanna be embarrassed. You don't wanna fail. You don't wanna go home to your parents and say, uh, I failed out of school. Does this tie into another thing that I heard you talk about, which was being on the hook? And you gotta not be on having, the hook. You know, yeah, yeah, so I wanna go one, on that? Well, I wanna go one step further. Um, I believe, you know, in the military, they talk about uh, ready, aim, fire. Mm. I believe in fire, ready, aim. <laughs> and, and the reason I do that is, is for exactly what we're talking about, which is I wanna commit. I wanna commit first, I wanna fire. Now, I can get ready after I fire. I, uh, yeah, no problem, we're gonna do this uh, 200 mile run. I don't know how the hell I'm gonna do 200 miles. I don't even know if I can run 200 miles, but I, but I fired. Um, now I get ready, I learn about it, and then I start aiming, and you pivot a little bit if you have to. But, but if you don't do that, uh, what ends up happening is you um, get analysis paralysis, right? You start to talk yourself out of things. I can't do it, this, that, the other thing. And, and most people don't go anywhere in life because um, they're stuck. They're, they're, they're getting ready. They're aiming, but they never fire. Tomorrow is gonna be a, a good day when they get around to tomorrow. Yeah, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> there I mean, no there's no uh, tomorrow for Kobe Bryant. Right, yeah, like, yeah. like, and for how many other million people today, there's no tomorrow. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, my, my mom died at a young age. My dad, like, I, I saw people go to jail for 25, 30 years. Like, so at a young age, it just imprinted in my brain that like, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Mm. And, and I'm just gonna do a lot of shit um, because I don't wanna go through life having regrets. Yep. You've said so many powerful things in such a short period of time. The things that have stuck already with me are, hold yourself accountable, set a goal, even tell somebody that you're going to do the Spartan race so you hold yourself more accountable so there's more impressive. Well, let's, let's back you know? up. You just said hold yourself accountable first. I would say um, most of us are not going to hold our, look, and I'm, I'm not arguing no, with you, no. right? Let, but let's think about this. Um, New Year's resolutions, uh, I don't know, one billion people a year. Let's yeah. just pick a number. Literally one billion people a year make a New Year's resolution. 800 million of them by the end of January have Give thrown up. in the towel, yeah, exactly. they've given up. Yeah. 800 million people. And so they've attempted to hold each other accountable and themselves accountable, but they didn't have a date on the calendar. Yeah. They said, oh, I'm just gonna join the gym. Yeah. Like, I don't, and I don't wanna piss, out, piss off our gym partners, but like, if everybody showed up to the gym that had a gym membership, there'd be no room. <laughs> I say that all the time, don't <laughs> right? Alex, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 and they have every attempt uh, to hold themselves accountable, but 
So no, you got to have something that's painful on the count and you got to announce it publicly. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing. I don't really want to do this thing, but by saying it, I'm on the hook. Yeah, on the hook. I love it. Right? That's what we talk about here all the time, holding yourself accountable, not just to yourself, but through other people. So that's the key because you don't want to be Easier for you when you're on a team, yeah. right? If you're, if, you're, if you're playing a team sport yeah. or, or, in biz, or even in college, in the example I gave, when you're on a team and you're around other people like and somebody's setting those dates, that, that's even easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to do it yourself. Well, you, you've touched upon some of the things that really get people to start their journey is the accountability piece and setting that date. You've worked with so many fantastic athletes and so many fantastic people who had that mental fortitude and toughness and resilience. How do they obtain that? If they're sitting here now listening to this on the train on the way to work and they are unfit and they're not motivated to get fit, how should they start? Date on the calendar. Date on the calendar. Like literally the hardest thing is using that little mouse that comes with your computer and just clicking that button. And by the way... Uh, Chris, my partner here, will kill me for saying this, but like, don't give us the friggin' excuse that you don't have the money. Just email me, joe at spartan.com. I'll give, I'll, I remember once I, I sent down an email to, um, I sent out a Facebook post when we hit 3 million followers. And um, I said, everybody's invited to the farm. Our farm in Vermont is where it all started. You can come to the farm. I'll train you this, that, and the other thing. My wife lost her shit. She, you just invited 3 million people <laughs> to our house. I said, nobody's gonna come. They don't wanna really do the work. You know, so you get a trickle in, 70 people out of 3 million. Um, so my point is, if, if your excuse out there is money, I'll give you an entry. But that's not your excuse. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not. I, I, you, you know what I mean? Your excuse is um, you don't want to do the work. Yeah. Oh, I say people want the treasure, but they don't want to do the digging. I like that. You know, so we all like want the treasure, but no one wants to do the hard work. And yeah. I think, you know, Everybody that, wants to yeah, eat. No yeah. one wants to hunt. 100%. And that, that's the challenge. How do you... You know, I suppose what separates the people you've worked with is the fact that they're willing to suffer. Um, well, don't forget, we've had 7 million people uh, go through this in the 20 years. And um, I would say of those 7 million, 6.99 probably weren't willing to yeah. suffer, but they put the date on the calendar. And then yeah. what happened is they did the work. They probably weren't 100% prepared. I'm just thinking back to the hundreds of thousands of conversations yeah. I've had but it was transformative. When, you know, we have this tagline, you'll know at the finish line. And when they got to the finish line and they did this hard thing and they were like, oh my God, I am so much more capable than I thought I was, right? Because they didn't have the, the fortune that you had of, of being a top tier athlete. They didn't have the fortune of being, you know, a Navy SEAL, like, we, we, you know, Olympian, this, that, the other thing. They just were, and I, I don't say this disparagingly, but most of us are just mediocre at best. Right, and we don't know what we're capable of, but actually we're all the same. Hmm. We go to the bathroom the same. We're all the same, and we're all capable of these things. And all it took was a date on the calendar. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Someone said to you, I think it was said to you, was if you're going to throw a punch, it better be a knockout. How does someone make sure they're throwing a knockout punch when it is a golf set, or is it no, or can something small still be a knockout? Yeah, well, I, I'll answer it two ways. Um, you know, I've had the, the, the fortune of, of also meeting some of the, you know, the best business people, um, the best athletes. And I love this one where even the top athletes, and I don't know if you feel this way, said, look, I have to be on my bicycle, for example, a cyclist, right? A Tour de France cyclist. I have to be on my bicycle six, seven hours every single day. And you've got to imagine after a decade, I don't want to get on my bike. I do not want to go. Like who yeah. would? And so what I say to myself, this is the athlete speaking, um, I say, you know what? I'm only doing 30 minutes today. 
and then 30 minutes leads to an hour. So that's, that's a soft punch. That's not a knockout punch, right? I'm just going to do 30 minutes. 30 minutes leads to an hour. Before you know it, I'm three hours from my house. And I got to get home. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, if you're not willing to take, you know, a, uh, commit to something big, mm-hmm. put a, a big date on the calendar, it's okay to do something small because there's a great. Um, so you can start jabbing before you come in with the yeah, hook like kind of like thing Admiral McRaven. Admiral McRaven ran ran um, the Navy for the U.S. and he. Uh, and I'm sorry for all these military things if, if Australia is upset no, about the military. Great. But 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 Admiral McRaven said, look, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And that's just a jab. <laughs> yeah. And because if you make your bed in the morning, yeah. right, you get up, hopefully you get up early. You should get up early if, if, if you don't have your head examined because you can get more done if you get up early. But but uh, make your bed and you get a little momentum. And then for making your bed, uh, maybe you straighten up the house. Maybe you put your sneakers on and go for a walk, right? But But his thing was you got to gain momentum. And and by the way, and if it's a shitty day, when you come home, you come home to a made bed. Love it. This is all the stuff I talk about all the time, <laughs> yeah, getting them right. small wins. And when right. you do come home, like it's like your car. Right. My wife, when she first got in the car and went on a date, she goes, do you actually get into this thing? It's awful. And she was right. She said, if you have a bad day and then you get into a shit car, right. then your whole life's shit. You come exactly. home to a shit apartment that's untidy. Right. It's all shit and your life's uncontrollable. Whereas if you can control the things you can control, that gives you some sense of purpose and some sort of control. There, there, by the way, there's been um, medical studies. Um, people that have you know neat and tidy offices, cars, et cetera, w- are less likely to have a heart attack. Wow. Things are organized around oh. them. Yeah, because think about subconsciously the stress of like <laughs> bills that are unpaid piled over here and this and that, right? That's yeah. a lot of stress. Whereas yeah. if everything's organized, you're kind of... All right, well, everything else might be falling apart to your point, but at least I got this together. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So it's coming back to, we don't think we tied off saying though about the knockout punch. You're going to answer yeah. it in two ways. We're going to like do little things along the way. And then you're saying these small little goals along the way will eventually lead to a knockout and getting ready to throw that punch. Yeah, look, I, I think um, I think if we're using the punch as an analogy for just doing something really challenging, way outside your comfort zone, which we should all be doing because if we're not growing, we're dying. <laughs> um, you oh, you just got to keep pushing further and further. When I, when I speak uh, to the military leaders, they say the way they train cadets is um, you stretch them like a rubber band and, and then you pull back a little bit and then you stretch a little further and then you pull back a little bit. And so I think that's what we're talking about here, yeah. right? You, you, you Making your bed is just a, a jab. Yeah. Uh, then you go for something big. Um, maybe you take, I, I always like to say, I like to take, you know, 48 hour break and then, <laughs> and then you're back to something else big. Uh, but bigger than before. Yeah. And and um, uh, there's no limits. When when my team says, "Oh my God, you know, you're stretching us so thin," I was like, "They put a man on the moon, right? <laughs> like they put a man on the moon. Less we power in your iPhone. Yeah, we can't thing, figure right? this out. Are you yeah. kidding me? We can solve this." Well, what I love about you is tell everyone the story about why you carry a 44 kilo kettlebell around with you. That's incredible. I love 44 it. pound. Pound. 44 pound. Uh, 20 kilo. So um, the reason. The reason is, I there was a person that was um, six hundred and ninety six pounds, uh, Chris Davis, and I found out about him. He had done a Spartan race, took him like seven hours to do a race that should have taken ninety minutes. Reached out to him and said, "Look, you want to come to the farm? If you come to the farm, I'll help you lose weight. See if you can get off work." Came, spent about eighteen months with him, and uh, got him down to two hundred and sixty five pounds, wow. rough rough numbers. One of the ways to motivate him was, I said, "As you lose weight, I'll carry weight." And uh, I was selfishly, I just wanted to exercise myself. <laughs> and um, and I, I ended up getting up to a hundred. When he was down a hundred, I, I was carrying a hundred pound sandbag. 
and that was about enough. I couldn't really go yeah. beyond that. A hundred is kind of a nightmare. And then um, in that, at the end of that process, I moved to Asia with my family, and we were go we were going through um, security, and they took they confiscated the sandbag because in order to get a hundred pound sandbag, you can't fill it with sand; it'd be too big. Mm. Fill it with BBs, and so it just it wouldn't go through the the screening system. So anyway, when we landed in Asia, I said to my wife, hey, can you call Amazon, order a um, kettlebell? It'll be more logical if I walk around with a kettlebell, it kind of <laughs> looks like a briefcase. Get me a 20 pounder. <laughs> and she got a 20 kg. And um, I wanted to return it because I was just, just too heavy. But I said, if, the, if, if somebody knows me, right? And they're like, the guy returned the kettlebell because it was, <laughs> I'd be embarrassed, which back to the earlier point, yeah. right? Like I'm, I'm committed. Yeah. So I love that story. Such a great story. I have literally lost... 30 in five years, because when I go through the airport- There'll be collector's items those now. Yeah, they're yeah. all over the place. There's one in the bottom of a lake. I told, I told them, I told the whole audience, if you find it, you got a lifetime pass, kind of like, you know, what was it? Lancelot's sword or whatever coming up. <laughs> yeah. they, they dropped in a lake on me. And then um, another one in Sparta, Greece, they gave me an ancient kettlebell, which is about 35 pounds. It's got um, wrought iron coming out of a stone. It's absolutely awesome, but it got lost on a plane. Ended up in Madrid. When I finally got it back, it's got a crack in it. So it sits, sits in my office. But you're always testing yourself. You're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone on a let me tell you, basis. Let me tell you, when you land in Malaysia for a meeting and you got this kettlebell <laughs> and they tell you you're at the wrong terminal and you got to walk, <laughs> you're testing yourself. <laughs> And it's right, you got two bags, the kettlebell, no one's speaking to your, you know, yeah, you're yeah, testing yourself. I love it. Speaking of pushing yourself, you're here to push Australians. Um, the spartanrace.com.au is where to go as well. You're here to also help with bushfire relief. Do you want to have a chat to us about, you know, what you're committed to while you're being in Australia and how to help? Yeah, I mean, it, look, you, you guys and girls didn't have the perspective um, the rest of the world did on the fires, but the fires were, were a big deal. Um, and and uh, there's billboards all over New York and, and the East Coast, for example, I'm sure all over the United States, uh, asking everybody to help and to chip in. And we're, we're seeing on the news stories of firefighters from uh, different countries come and help. Now, my latest understanding is it subsided a bunch because you guys were lucky enough to have a ton of rain. Mm. But um, some folks said, hey, why don't you come over and yeah, I'm a glutton Well, subsided is great, but the, the damage is still there. The so, damage is you still know, there. Your yeah. presence is definitely welcome. I brought some carrots with me. I saw you guys were dropping carrots for yeah, the animals. Yeah, yeah. we were. Yeah, we were. I'm Don't throw the kettlebell, throw the carrots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to carry 700 pounds of carrots with yeah. me out there. You're doing 20 <laughs> events throughout regional Australia. We've got a bunch of events. Um, I wish I could tell you the exact locations and That's dates. Right. but It's all at spartanrest.com.au. Yeah, we could put them up on a screen. Um, but we're, we're everywhere. We're 275 events now across 45 countries. Um, and it's growing. Yeah. Do you still do the race yourself? <laughs> I do. I go yeah. out. I probably go to ten per mm. year. Do you design the obstacle course yourself? I don't. I wish. I, I wish. Uh, you know, in the early days, I was involved in um, the design of the courses, but no one would sign up for my races. Right. My races. I'm not joking. My races had like a one mile barbed wire crawl uphill in yeah. rocks, yeah. Um, <laughs> and because that's just the way my mind works. But the reality <laughs> is. Um, most people don't want to do that. So we toned it down. I have a team. Your rubber bands stretch a little further than other people. So you got to let them get to there first. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Joe, come on. We got to get our consumers to come back. <laughs> but, but, um, so we, we toned it down. We standardized it. Uh, three different distances, a three mile, eight mile, 13. If you complete all three, you earn the coveted trifecta, 
which is a big deal. Now there are people, uh, 75-year-old grandmas that are going for like three trifectas a year, oh, which means that? they're doing nine events. It's like unbelievable. Um, but it's a big achievement. It's a big right. achievement. And, and the reason we came up with the trifecta was for everything we spoke about earlier, which was when you, if you're one and done, everybody says, oh, I'm gonna go do a marathon, right? And so they start eating healthy, they start training, they get new friends, they go to bed early and they do it and they never run again. And so the trifecta was designed to say, no, I wanna change your lifestyle, I wanna change your habits. So you gotta do three in a 12 month period. And sure enough, we get the emails like, oh my God, you changed my life. I'm back with my husband, back with my wife, lost a ton of weight, no longer drinking, no longer doing drugs, training like crazy. Take a look at this picture of me. I mean, we get them all day long. It's amazing. And you're a true inspiration, obviously on the business side of things, but also on the, the effect you're having, helping people live their best lives. We like to hack into the hackers. Can you share with us, you know, a couple of tips on if uh, you're kind enough to, what, what's your advice around diet? What's your diet? Yeah, so like? fitness starts in the kitchen. Um, I'm definitely more plant-based thanks to mom. Um, I've done very long distance races personally. And for me, and, and at least uh, my close friends that do stuff, uh, we just perform better on, on plants um, and plant-based. Uh, now I did spend some time in the interior of Fiji where I learned about the rugby sevens. <laughs> and um, it's a funny story there, but I, I can go on forever. But um, what I noticed about those villages and those guys, and everybody looked very fit. Like there were no TVs. No, we were in the in, way in the interior, not the beaches that you know yeah. Fiji for. And um, they, would eat, they would eat a little bit of meat. Uh, the village might kill a cow once every couple of months, one, once a quarter. And, uh, and they would all eat the entire thing, but mostly plant-based other than that. So I eat, a, I eat a little bit, you know, maybe 5% of my diet is meat, maybe 10% of my diet is some fish, a little bit of eggs, but the rest is all uh, plant-based. So, and when I helped Chris lose all that weight, it was um, entirely plant-based uh, diet. So I've got, God, 40 years of experience on plant-based. I have a friend who has not eaten anything but a raw fruit and vegetable in 55 years. Wow. Yeah, Dr. Bisha, I, I can get him on. I can get him on the show. If you could do a telephone, he's not going to fly here. <laughs> but um, but he's uh, he's 92 years old, 55 years, only raw fruits and vegetables. And his thing, because he used to be a, a bodybuilder, um, his thing is, hey Joe, you don't want to have bigger biceps than your competition. You don't want to beat them at a Spartan race. You want to outlive them. Yeah, I love it. Right. It's about health span, not lifespan. Right. So yeah. I, I I picked that one up. Um, I forget where I was in the world, but I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there's no point, yeah. you know, living to 100 if you can't wipe your own backside. So, yeah, that's right. Um, sleep, obviously, you touched upon that as well when you, you said that people set the goal, make the commitment, they then start sleeping better. How do you find sleep yourself? Yeah. So, so obviously, we need sleep. Um, don't, don't, this is one of those ones, don't do as I do, do as I say, because I don't, <laughs> I don't sleep very much. But I will tell you, um, for most people, uh, the majority of people, 80, 90% of people, Oh, I don't have, I don't get enough sleep. You know why? It's not because you get up too early. It's because you go to bed too late. Mm. And, and so like, if it's 10 PM, what the f are you doing after 10 PM? Like, I, what are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's, that's productive and useful. I don't get it. Mm. So, so, you know, with my wife and I, it's a battle every night because kids don't want to go to bed, but like we start at 8 PM. So hopefully they're, they're in bed and sleeping before nine. I want to be sleeping no later than 930. Mm maybe on a stretch 10 and you know, I'm up at four, 4.30. And by then I get the kids up at 5.30, they're doing their workout. So, um, 
yeah, I've already done a half a day by the time most people are just waking up. So you've got some rituals there, I'm sure. You don't look at a mobile phone too close to bed. You try not to eat too close I to turn, bed. I turn, the, um, I turn it to airplane mode at night. Yep. Um, I try to only eat. Uh, and again, I, all this stuff is new and hip right now around yeah. the world. But this was my mom's stuff like 40 years ago. I try to eat between nine and five. Um, I don't, I try not to, you know, I mean, sometimes I slip and so it's 6 p.m. by the time I'm chewing my last bit of food, but try to eat between nine and five. I, I take a cold shower every morning. Um, it sucks. Um, <laughs> Expand I, on that because that's a really good one, the cold shower. Yeah, you know, I started the cold shower. You guys are going to laugh. I started the cold showers not because my mom was saying, hey, there's all these health benefits. I started the cold showers because everybody I grew up with in the neighborhood I grew up with were going to jail. And I just didn't know, and I say this honestly, I didn't know if I was tough enough. Right. I grew up with red hair, everybody had dark skin, they were Italian, they were tough guys, and I, I just didn't have the, those features. So um, I'd carry rocks around the neighborhood, true story. And, and I'd take cold showers just to see, like, because everybody went to jail. That was the quote unquote college yeah. that you went to. You had to do your time, right? So cold showers were just part of like, Toughening yeah, up. Tough, toughening up. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what jail was going to be like. Yeah, but you're having an internal dialogue with yourself all the time, asking the question, am I tough enough? Am I tough enough? And you're pushing yourself every day to see how tough you really were. And I'd get in that cold shower and it sucked uh, 40 years ago and it sucks today. And it's quick. It's two or three minutes. But um, yeah, it never gets better. And and like Chicago <laughs> could be the coldest water in the f***ing world. Yeah. Um, you get in a hotel in Chicago, it's cold. And I love it. The fact is that you're reminding yourself every day that you're tough, that you can do this. And therefore, when you hit obstacles throughout the day, you know you've got something inside you that allows you to overcome. Yeah, when you find out like yeah. midday, we're going to have a tough time making payroll yeah. this week, my mind says, well, at least I'm not in a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I love right. it. You yeah. got something to refer to. Yeah. So so cold showers every day. And, and by the way, it kickstarts your day. Mm. Um, I've got, I've got a... Um, it's going to sound like a plug. I'll send you guys some. I've got a plant-based um, energy pill. Yeah. Just just two ingredients. Uh, one of the ingredients is from Sparta, Greece. Yeah, wow. We spend a lot of time in Sparta. Yeah. And when I was in Sparta three or four years ago, I saw guys, um, farmers picking plants from way up in the mountaintops, like near snow. Like, And um, I was like, what are they picking? He said, oh, you don't know about Spartan tea? I said, no. They said, well, this was Hippocrates and Socrates tea. They would boil it, they would drink it, and the warriors would then take the leaves after they were boiled and then rub it all over their cuts and bruises. So I was like, this has gotta be a joke. This is a setup, right? I wanna buy every leaf of, <laughs> right? So we got like three tons of Spartan tea delivered to the office and uh, we ground it up. And, um, and then we take a green coffee, a coffee green plant, the bean, the plant, we don't cook anything. We grind it up into a fine powder, put it in a pill, Spartan tea and the coffee plant. And uh, I take one of those in the morning. And I don't think it's a placebo. It gives, it's fantastic. It's, it's hardly any caffeine. Um, the Spartan plant translates from Greek to English. He is of iron. Wow. I mean, come on, Marketing. right? So anyway, that's 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 our. Um, I got to send you some. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's my primary tune. I take that in the morning. Take the cold shower. Do the workout. Don't eat till nine. Um, what else? Mostly plant based diet. Lots of nuts. I chew gum. It helps me because I'm I'm definitely an overeater. I grew up in a in a household before my mom went that way where we stuffed ourselves to the point of near death, hmm. and uh, and so I would definitely eat more than I should. 
And so I find that if I chew some gum, it'll it'll get the edge yeah, off. Yeah, what's your workout look like these days? I'm getting a bit older and a bit longer in the tooth after 20 plus years of getting whacked around. So yeah. I'm trying to train smarter. I've got a personal trainer now. It's my 70-year-old self. So before I do anything, I go, you're a 70-year-old. What would you do? I So I my mom, um, I'm sorry to talk about mom so much on this That's thing. That's great. But, but mom- So she's your hero, obviously. She's my hero. Yeah. And she said, uh, mobility flex, just like, just like the old man- uh, that I described earlier that it was saying, you know, you got to go plant-based because you want to outlive everybody. Her thing was um, mobility, flexibility. <laughs> Way more important than muscles. But, you know, you're a teenager, you want to lift weights, bench She was like, you're an idiot. You got to be mobile and flexible. If you can't tie your shoes, right? So um, I, I, I love yoga, but what I did was I took 20-something uh, uh, movements that I've picked up around the world and from mom and Conor McGregor and all kinds of folks, yeah. uh, Samurais, you name it, and and turned it into um, like twelve hundred repetitions. Wow! Um, so twenty one exercises, fifty reps each. Mix mix it up, and uh, and that's your workout. That's my workout. And how long does that take? You could, if if you're hustling and there was a gun to your head, you get it done in thirty five minutes. But um, probably it takes me an hour. And can anyone find that on the the Spartan? Yeah, website, it's, it's somewhere um, <laughs> in my ecosystem. Um, send me an email, Joe at Spartan.com. I'll send it to you. Yeah, because it's yeah. more like you were saying, more body weight based. It's all body weight. Yep. Yeah. So you don't need a gym, do you really? You don't need a gym. There's no excuse. I do it in hotel rooms. I do it everywhere. I do it on a plane. You can do it anywhere. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is I don't eat on planes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah, it. That gets me, man. Yeah, don't eat, period. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is the stewardesses are always looking at me like I'm a strange person. It's like, are you kidding me? You just dropped a meal two hours ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like we're working out. Everybody's yeah. watching movies. I don't know. Yeah. Why do we need six meals? Yeah. Do you fast at all generally apart from being I on try, I, I try to fast every month. Yeah. Um, I, but I've been, I've been fasting less because the other thing I didn't tell you is um, I'm not eating rice anymore. I'm not eating potatoes. I'm not eating, uh, I gave up gluten. 15 years ago. Uh, so no bread, no pizza, no pasta. So I'm down to like so few things uh, that I eat that um, I'm fasting less than I used to. Yeah, well, you don't need to as well. If you're on a plant-based yeah. diet, you're not gonna have as much amino acids from leucine and yeah. these things that actually, you know, are protein dominant foods, which the idea of fasting is you you basically don't elicitate mTOR, which is an amino acid response to protein. So you're fasting. Well, let's talk about that for a second because I'm I'm blown away. I, uh, there, there's a Dr. Colin Campbell at Cornell University I, I became friends with, big plant-based guy, I wrote a book called The China Study. Yeah, I know him. So his whole thing with me is like, Joe, like we did a 30-year study. There's no culture anywhere where we found a protein deficiency. Hmm. But anywhere you go, uh, 20 grams of protein, it, like it's great, the world has gone protein crazy. Like, well, I don't understand. Because we need a villain, which is carbohydrates. So, right. you know, you've got to find a good guy and a bad guy. And unfortunately these days, the bad guy is carbohydrates. Why ketogenic diets are so successful. And we speak about it here all the time that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, obviously the pillar is food and water, yeah. then it's shelter. And then the third pillar is obviously belonging, yeah. sense of belonging to something. So yeah. unfortunately diets now become so dogmatic that it allows you to feel like you belong to something if you give it a name. That's fair. So, That's fair. I'm part of the keto team. So I'm part yeah. of the keto yeah. team. I'm all part right. of the carnivore team. Right. I'm part of this Spartan, team. by the way, is, is that is that community. part of belonging? Yeah, it community. Is. Yeah. It is part of community. You're doing something yeah. with somebody else and it's, yeah. it's a brilliant community to be part of because it's healthy, it's active and whatnot. So, and being a great dad, I, I suppose, you know, being a new dad myself, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, you've raised some amazing little tiny humans. What's your advice to raising good kids? Just, just Alex putting, just had a baby. Congratulations. Congrats, yeah. well, congratulations. I did, my wife did, but yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago? Yeah. But, but I mean, ago. anybody listening knows the man does all the work. 
<laughs> but you, I, I, again, in this interview I watched with you, you're saying you you inspire your kids to create little businesses when they were smaller. This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I don't know if they still do yeah, that. Yeah. Like, what are the, that's a cool thing to do. They get them thinking just, like just an entrepreneur. Finishing touches on a parenting book, obviously, um, not good for book sales. That I say, like, I have no idea. I wasn't a parent before. It's not like we'll know in 15 years. But but I <laughs> yeah. but I do know that um, I've been waking them up early every morning. God, since my oldest is four years old. And so creating habits. Yeah, because I said to myself, I will lose my mind. Like I remembered in the pool business, I had 700 customers. So there were 700 households I could walk in and literally open the fridge. I was that friendly with my customers. And I watched over you know, 12, 13 years, those families grow. So here I was looking in a fishbowl of 700 homes. And I saw the kids that were like, never left the house. I saw the kids that broke away and started their own businesses. I saw the families that got divorced. I saw all these things. And I guess subconsciously, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. And, and so I, I would just hate myself if my kids, if our kids like slept in every morning till noon, right? Mm. There are people that just sleep in and don't get anything <laughs> done. And so I said, all right, well, I'm just gonna start waking them up early because maybe I could wire it into them because um, I'm wired to just wake up early. And they should be fit because I remember when I first started hitting the gym, you know, at 14 years old, 15, and I saw some kids that had grown up with parents that put them in gymnastics, boys and girls that had wide shoulders and perfect builds. And I was so pissed because I was like, why didn't anybody do that to me when I was seven? I got to do all this work now at 14. I'll never catch up, right? And a lot of it being genetic. So I said, I'm going to give that to my kids. I'm going to give them, you know, the best version of themselves so that when they actually wake up, let's call it 16, 17 years old, they're not even awake, right? From, from zero to 17, they'll be like, oh, I got all these gifts. I didn't, you know, I'm fast on the field, I'm, I'm fit, I wake up early. Um, so that was the point there. The other one was, let's let them watch TV as much as they want, as long as it's in Mandarin, as long as it's in another language. And so we did that, which was crazy, but they speak Mandarin. No, right? It's a gift that they got. Just like, they're going to watch TV anyway. Let's just put it in Mandarin. <laughs> and what age did you start that? Very young. Same thing when it was yeah. like, oldest was four. And, you know, it was weird, right? Because, you know, people come over, kids come over, and my wife's embarrassed, and they can watch it as much as they want as in Mandarin. But you're real. So that, that's the key as well. As a parent, you're real. Kids always follow what you do, not what you say. So they would have seen you obviously training, eating good, going to sleep early, not on a device. And I, and I make them do hard things. My son, Jack, the oldest, ran the Boston Marathon when he was eight. Wow. He ran a 50K before he was nine. Wow. His, his, they didn't set any records. Like yeah, he, yeah, we yeah. just, we muscled through it. Yeah, we walked, yeah. we ran. It was really more about that same thing that my mom showed me that 3,100 mile run. Like, yeah. let me show you what's possible. Stop the time, it's the achieving. Training them on. Yeah, Charlie did it uh, to one up his brother, did the New York Marathon at seven. Their, their sister did a beast, which is our 13 miler in Indonesia at six. Um, I had to lie to her and tell her it was a 40K, 42K or whatever, and that she can quit at 21K. That's awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. That's so good. Yeah. That is amazing. And we always like to give people a gift to go away with our listeners in particular. If you had to give someone one book, what would that be? Well, I mean, selfishly, it would be my book. But, but um, yeah, tell them. Spartan Up. You got to read, read Spartan Up. Um, but, but a book that's not mine that I absolutely love, you got to read uh, Adrift. A-D-R-I-F-T uh, by Stephen Callahan, 
probably written in the 70s or 80s about a guy who's stuck at sea for 72 days. Wow. And when you read this, you'll never complain about anything again. Well, that's something I've picked up with you today is just your positive attitude. You've got this real sense of gratitude for what you've got, this real sense of, you know, finding the positive in stuff. That, that's the key, isn't it, in life, is having that mental mindset and that mental fitness. I mean, it could always be worse. <laughs> that's one of my sayings, by yeah. the way, right? Like when I'm doing something hard, like I literally say to myself, it could be worse. I'll say it out loud. People look at me. That's weird. But then I think if, it, if something gets really bad, I, well, I could be dead, yep. right? Like that's setting yeah. pretty well. I, I think he's answered my last question, which essentially is if we always ask people if they had a billboard in Times Square, what would it say? Yeah. yeah. Could be worse. Could be worse. You could, could be, be dead. It could be dead. You could be dead. <laughs> You're not. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Joe. Absolute awesome. legend, mate. You're thank awesome. you so much. Spartanrace.com.au. Check out Joe Desina. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I could have stayed here for days. <laughs> and remember, if you want us to hack into someone in particular that you would love to hear their insights on how to live a better and stronger life, email us healthhacker at themanshake.com.au or jump onto the Manshake socials or the podcast One Australia socials and let us know. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savoury tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.